What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Here are the notes of our community corkboard filled with this week's events. Hey guys, producer Christine here and I have some community corkboard announcements. Every Thursday starting at 4 p.m., the Whittier Public Library hosts the Brain Games Club. It is a great opportunity to have kids ages 6 to 12 socialize and engage in crafts, games, and activities together utilizing STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math skills. Head on over to the Whittier Public Library located at 7344 Washington Avenue in Uptown Whittier. If you have any further questions, please call the library at 562-567-9900. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have our Whittier Farmer's Market located at the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. This Saturday, May 6th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., join the Whittier Historical Society and Museum at Central Park to celebrate Founders Day. Come on out and join the community for a free and fun event full of entertainment, food, activities, contests, and more. Central Park is located at 6524 Friends Avenue in Uptown. Hey guys, producer Christine here, and I have a special treat for you today in honor of Founders Day going on this weekend at Central Park. We have five Founders Day fun facts. Number one, during some of the earlier Founders Day celebrations, residents would be honored for 20, 25, and 40 years of residency. Number two, at the 49th Founders Day in 1936, sister communities Downey, Los Nietos, Montebello, Pico Rivera, and Santa Fe Springs join in on the fun. Number three, the first Founders Day celebrations took place in 1894 and was organized by the Old Folks Organization. Number four, in past years, Founders Day would have a parade that started at City Hall and concluded at Central Park. Number five, Founders Day was celebrated up to 1928, but then stopped for unknown reasons. The celebration started up again in 1931. All right, guys, and I just want to give a special shout out to Kyle Smith over at the Whittier Historical Society and Museum for giving me all these cool fun facts. If you're interested in learning more about Whittier's history, why don't you go back and check out our episode, Whittier Cares About Each Other, with the Whittier Historical Society and Museum. All of the references for each of these facts can be found in our description. On Wednesday, May 10th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Friends of Uptown invite you to enjoy the work of various artists while shopping, dining, and networking in local businesses. The Wednesday Night Stroll and Art Scene is a free event and most businesses in Uptown participate. Get out there for a lovely night stroll for some spontaneous discoveries. From June 19th to July 20th, Pina Reading Academy will host a summer tutoring program Mondays through Thursday from 9 a.m. to noon. You can get more information from Melinda Pena in our last episode about class size, other educational resources, and a special discount for What's Up Whittier listeners. Give them a call at 562-698-7323 or check out their website, PenaReadingAcademy.net. Have something you'd like us to feature in the community corkboard? 
Tag us on Instagram. Check out our Facebook at What's Up Whittier or send us an email at whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast and think other Whittier townies would also like it, recommend it to them. If you have a friend who has never heard of Whittier, I don't know what you're waiting around for. You gotta let them know how great it is here. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for the year and we'd love for the whole community to join us. So don't forget to subscribe or else you'll miss out. All right, looks like those are all the announcements I have this week. I hope you enjoy this special Mother's Day episode. Now, take it away, Jessie and Remo. What's up, Whittier? Whittier? Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today, like every week, we have a really, really special guests. We have two special two guests. guests. Two guests. Two special guests. Today, we have Evelyn Castaneda and Becky Chavez from Maternifit and Woo-hoo. Whittier Dulas. Yep. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And today we're actually broadcasting from their studio, um, the studio which is located on... On Greenleaf, uh, 7652 Greenleaf. Which is an awesome place. I mean, it's... Uh, Do you want to describe it? What kind of studio is it? Sure. Um, it is a studio that is specialized for prenatal and postnatal fitness. And we offer a lot of different services, and it's kind of become a resource center for uh, women and mothers overall. So we're excited to share that with you. Just mothers? Because Jesse was doing squats here. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Easy. <laughs> Jesse, that was horrible for me. Oh, stretching, man. <laughs> stretching. <laughs> There were two two pound dumbbells and Jesse was struggling. <laughs> two pound, it had a zero on it, man. Yeah. Two zero. <laughs> it's funny because the, the kettlebells are more plastic, so you're used to the the metal ones that look really heavy, but you lift these ones up. So Jesse, it looked really heavier, but it, it wasn't really that. They're heavy. big ones, man. They're yeah. just. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I mean, you guys got you know uh, what do they call like kettlebells, steppers, right? He's got some yoga balls. Yeah, everything from keeping it body weight to keeping it to a pretty good circuit style. So we cater to women that have never worked out before and just want to maintain a healthy pregnancy to people that are used to doing CrossFit and they just need to um, practice a different modification to their fitness regimen. Does that also include maintaining their figure? Because I know when you're going through the through those cycles, right, or phases. What do you call mm-hmm. them, phases? When you're going through your trimesters? maternity? They're trimesters. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, he's going to have to educate us here. because okay. uh, You're a father of, of eight, right? Of yeah. two that You're a father of eight? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, you're a pro. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, I mean, can you, is there such a thing of maintaining your fitness level uh, while pregnant? Yes. So, um when you start incorporating the fitness regimen, which you can start, if you've maintained, if you've done it before, you can maintain. And what it really helps with is um, a healthy and moderate weight gain. So a lot of the women that go to PIH or, you know, their doctors are like, hey, you've been doing really well with your weight gain. And usually they'll say, like, are you working out or are you eating well? And so many of the girls go there. So now they already know nice. that, oh, you're, you're one of the girls that goes to Maternifit. Nice. And so that's been pretty cool. But um, yeah, there's always a way to maintain. The, um, the only thing is that you're, you have so much more blood volume running through your, or in your system that you can say, oh, I used to be able to do this strength-wise, but it's the breathlessness that will get to you. 
That's interesting, because you would think because there's more blood flowing, you would have more oxygen, which means you could do more, right? But you have I to guess, work harder oh. to do the simple things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a traditional gym, it's like, oh, progress pictures, and yeah. you know, you're, you're doing more and more and more. Actually, yeah. it's like a really interesting progression. You, uh-huh. you challenge yourself, but then eventually towards the end, you have to really be in tune with your body, which helps a lot because then that helps in the labor process as well because you know exactly to where your body feels that you are most confident with. Correct. Mm-hmm. So Maternifit, am I saying that correctly? Yes. Okay. Maternifit, that's a, this is a studio where women who are, uh, are pregnant already mm-hmm. um, come to get or stay fit. Yes. Can somebody who's, who's maybe thinking of getting pregnant Still come and kind of work out. Or? Do you have a room in the back? Hey, I was looking at you, man. I don't know. This guy needs a studio closer to home. Yeah, no. <laughs> How about if you want to get pregnant? Can you come here and, uh, and take classes? <laughs> yeah, come get pregnant at Maternity Fit. Wow, that, that's uh, I'm just giving you. I was saying workout, man. I'm just saying they work out to get. Wow, well, not, not right. uh, I'm but just a lo- saying a lot of women they do they would they decide you know what I want to get pregnant this year I'd really like to shave off this 10 or 15 pounds that I've put on over you know the first couple years of their marriage or, or you know being with their significant other and they decide I'm going to get pregnant this year but I want to lose some weight first and that because they already know they're going to put on weight and they ha- a lot of women have fear of putting on weight during their pregnancy mm-hmm. Well I was I guess I was getting where I was going was like I I've, I've heard that like usually um, the fitter you are the the better chances you have of getting pregnant, right? And so um, that's what I was kind of thinking of. Because here's the other thing is, like, women aren't, and again, I'm speaking from a man's perspective, right, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, Women are are more self-conscious, I guess, you know, which is why the memberships of a gym skyrocket for women than men. Um, But here, when it's an all-women studio, right? Yes. You're almost creating an environment for women to walk in and feel comfortable and, and be themselves and really work out and come for the workout, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you create that, you're, you're essentially, again, you're creating a space for all women, but now you're kind of spe- specializing in pregnant women. Um, does that open up the doors for women who are maybe thinking of getting pregnant and that kind of helps them out or, yes. or you're kind of like... No, just we, I, I, we also do preconception. There you go. So what happens? I knew it. <laughs> cue, cue the room in the back, right? <laughs> so there is a room in the back, right? <laughs> you know, and it is one on, it's one-on-one individualized training because if somebody has a goal to drop a significant amount of weight yeah. or whatever it is, the best thing you can do for yourself is to be in the most, uh, in the best shape going Correct. into pregnancy because then the benefits are just so much more Correct. viable. But um, yeah, a lot of just like working the core because the core is what is most affected during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So if you have a strong core going in, you maintain and then it's your internal corset. So body after baby, you do the workouts and you Snap back to it. Yeah. Nice. Essentially. And, and so going through, again, the the, um, the process of working out while you're pregnant, is there a point to where you say, all right, and you, you got, essentially got to stop working out or, yeah. or you, you can know, go through the whole pregnancy until you you're ready to give mm-hmm. birth? You, I actually had a girl who was in, like, early labor here. 
Wow. Yeah, she, I knew it because she usually goes, like, she was really one of those overachievers. Uh And there was one point where she took a breath, a deep breath, and I looked at her and I told her, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. She had her baby a few hours later. Wow. And her labor was three hours long. And she's like, I was totally in early labor in class, but I didn't want to tell you because I knew you were going to tell me, like... Keeping it all tough. Take a break. Take a break. But, yeah, there's women that go all the way to 40 weeks, and they feel great. We can modify if they need to, but most of them feel so good going into it that they... Now, I've been seeing pictures on on Instagram uh, or Facebook, whatever, where, like, there's women who are, like, pregnant and like squatting still you know mm-hmm. is that safe well it really depends on your physical level prior to pregnancy yeah. another thing to remember is you, our bodies are amazing and capable yeah. whether it's smart is a different uh, whether doing that type of workout is smart yeah. is a different um, issue because you have a hormone, extra hormone, going through your body. It's called relaxin. So it literally relaxes your joints and ligaments in preparation for labor. And the more relaxin, some people produce more than others, that it has, um, it can cause injury if you are going to those lengths. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what you know, you're saying is not safe. It, it really, you have or, to listen to your body. And yeah. that's... And then uh, something to remember is during pregnancy, you work between two levels. First level is um, that feeling where you get when you're rushing out the house and Mm -hmm. you have that adrenaline. That's the lower threshold. The upper is having a conversational rate. So if you are feeling like you're struggling to have a conversation, then you need to self-moderate and take it down a notch. So Mm. I can never tell somebody, hey, maybe you should take a break. That is entirely up to the woman to trust her body and to know when it's time. Yeah, when I see those pictures, I'm like, man, the kids are going to pop out like any second. <laughs> yeah. Don't hold like, your breath too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you guys don't have any of those heavy equipments, the squatting. Everything here is fairly, it's more body weight and lighter weight, so it doesn't. there's less chance for the baby to pop out during, <laughs> during a heavy yeah, squat. exactly. I mean, the, the most that we have, uh, you know, the undulation ropes and then like maybe like 20 pounds, well, Becky here, <laughs> she was actually one of my first clients at my first studio in Whittier, which was up the street. Um, shout out to Marissa from Cielo Beauty Bar That's right, yeah. for, for housing me for my first um, venture. So Becky holds the record. For well, most squats? I hold the <laughs> Do I hold the record for? Yeah, for rowing those 20-pound dumbbells. Oh, yeah. Like, uh. No, oh. nobody would ever like go there. Twenty pound rows like, every, every let me get what, this two right days. Now. Yeah. And she was just like rowing and rowing. Jesse, you just got called out. I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Find me the, f- the heaviest thing here. Over there. <laughs> All right, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to make sure I keep that. Yeah, Unde- undefeated. Undefeated record. <laughs> no, I went up to forty-two weeks pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> And then after they're pregnant, they have the baby, and then they come back. They still come back to your... Yeah. Is that So what kind of classes are those, or what, what are you... So um, we started to implement, it's called early postpartum personal training, because what I found, which was great, but I realized I needed to create something for it, was that girls were, were texting me two weeks after they had a baby. I'm ready. I want to come back. Damn. I feel so good. And to me, it was really alarming because... 
I mean, I know I felt like that when it, when I had my pregnancy and recovery, and yeah. I had I had the ideal pregnancy and the quickest recovery, so I felt good. So that's why I knew that other people needed to know about this. Yeah, yeah. So now that I see that happening so much, I created like a six-week program. Uh, so that they can come in and I started with bi-weekly sessions and I was like, hey, Monday, Wednesday. No, now these girls are like, Every I need day? to come in like more. Now. Now, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're like super enthused about coming back and it's been great to see them with so much energy and their babies are so brand new that yeah. they'll like just sleep through the whole session nice. and they're feeling good. They get to go and it's, it's just the right amount of time that you know, if you try to feed them before, and I'm very, I work with their schedules, yeah. and um, yeah, if, if they need to tend to their baby for any reason, they're welcome to, so it's, it creates a good environment. So is that more of a one-on-one, -on -one or yes. is that a group type setting? No, that's definitely a one-on-one, -on -one because every woman is, is different um, during, in the postpartum recovery. I have seen uh, moms that didn't do prenatal fitness training here, and so they'll come and I welcome them and they'll do this six-week program whereas some of the moms that did the prenatal fitness training I'm starting them off on week three of what would be a uh, six-week program so it's a constant evolution yeah, to yeah. be able to present things that are challenging but within the parameters of yeah. postpartum it's funny because in the lot come from Latino family like like there's always a you gotta wait 40 days right before you even do anything like mm -hmm. you're, you're you're secluded in your room for 40 days because, uh, you know, you got to recover, right? Mm -hmm. But you're saying, nah, if you feel good in the next two weeks, let's, uh, let's get to it, right? Well, I definitely think there's some merit in that. Yeah. And um, it's good to tend to your body and do that self-care. But yeah. that can also be, it's not like I, there's no running no full planks, no crunches, no sit-ups. So it's a reintegration and a reconnection of primarily the core, mm -hmm. and you build off of that. So I see, um, you know, I ask that question a lot from, from the girls, like, so what does your husband think? Yeah, yeah. Usually the husbands are like, yeah, go for <laughs> it. <laughs> day two. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say baby two. No, Mr. day two. Number two. Yeah, they say that too. Huh? <laughs> but it's usually the moms or yeah. the grandmas that are like, crazy like yeah, yeah, why yeah. are you doing that um but again going back to my experience i felt amazing like not too soon after i had my baby so i feel like that was my personal experience and if somebody else can have something that's similar then i want to facilitate that for them because it's really a desire that they have and you know healthy mom happy mom yeah yeah Happy husband. Happy, happy husband. husband. Happy, happy, husband. Yeah. happy wife, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to ask. Let me think about it. So, so but that program obviously makes sense for, for women who have been working out, right? Or after. Or, 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 or really? they haven't. Or, or not. Oh, really? It's really cool because that's like maternity leave time. Yeah. So they get to come in during their maternity leave and, yeah. and take care of that as part of their days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what kind of workouts, since they're not doing crunches or squats, what, I mean, what kind of, if you can guide us through what a, a workout might be for someone like that? Sure. So um, I have them come in and they can do their cardio warm up on the treadmill. I feel like that they can do on their own. And I really want to make value of the time that we have together. 
also considering that the baby might need attention at some point. So our workouts are 30 minutes. So what that would entail is we start off by doing um, a lot of core work. Most people think, for instance, I had a mom that came and she didn't train prenatally, but she's like, man, I've been doing all these crunches and all these sit-ups and my boyfriend told me to just do a bunch of crunches and sit-ups. And, <laughs> and I, it was really um, hard for me to hear that because yeah. those are actually the worst exercises that you right? can possibly yeah. do um, postpartum. Yeah. So what happens is we, to answer your question, is we work the core, but in a different way. So as opposed to increasing the intra-abdominal pressure, which you usually get in a flexion mm -hmm. by coming up from a, um, a laying down position, you um, bring your belly button in toward the spine. And what that is, is you're engaging your transverse abdominals. And the way we do that, there's a few different ways, but... Um, Should we have the guys do it? Well, well let me ask uh, Jesse, you know, did you just try that? Did you just try that when she said it? Because I sure did. <laughs> Yeah, did, right? have, okay, let's try it. Watch. Okay, put your hand on your on your tummy. All right, if you're listening, you could do this too. So put yes. your hand on your tummy. Uh -huh. Okay, so now, you know, usually when people say take a deep breath, a lot of people raise their shoulders, and that's what you don't want to do. So all you, what you want to do is you want to fill your belly with air and allow your belly to come forward. Okay, so fill the belly with air, come forward. How about if it's more than air? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Food baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> inhale, fill the belly with air. And then exhale, draw the belly button in toward the spine. There you go. So that is perfect engagement of the core. So we do this in multiple situations. So you're either sitting on the stability ball. Sitting on the stability, stability ball and doing that requires you to already keep your core engaged because you're trying not to fall. Balance, right, exactly. Yeah. So that's just adding to that. Um, we can do bicep curls, um, presses, a lot of and any workout. If you incorporate that um, diaphragmatic breathing, is what it's called, then you will heighten the the benefit of that and essentially every movement comes from the core mm -hmm. so the more that you have a functional working core the better you can do so much i've i've yeah. had uh, friends that are trainers that are male and they have the weakest core but aesthetically they yeah, look they're like huge, they're in right? shape but because they don't necessarily incorporate that yeah. so it's been really cool to see um the moms just like feels so strong and the connection to the core was long established during the prenatal fitness. So now it's it's so intuitive that yeah, yeah. it like every workout that they do is just going to be that much better. Yeah. It's funny you say the dia diaphragmic breathing, right? Yeah. I used to do those and I would always get lightheaded cuz <laughs> cuz your body doesn't get used to that much oxygen, mm -hmm. right? Or your head and then right. You, if you don't, if you go a while and you do them, you actually get lightheaded, or at least I did. So. Yeah, you <laughs> have to definitely good. like pace it out. And then there's certain times where like we even up the up that, and then instead of doing like one exhale, you're gonna go pulsing. So you would inhale, and then mm. so that way, you know, that could be a way to mitigate that breathlessness. Does that help with with the whole uh, delivery, or? Well, yes, breathing technique, it does There help. you go, breathing and, technique. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the breathing technique, the, yeah. the pulsating, that does help, yes. You could yeah. definitely I, incorporate that into uh, labor. 
Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's the Lamaze class, right? That one is the Lamaze. That okay. breathing technique, the yeah. yeah, I mean, as a, as a as a childless guy, um, to what you watch too many movies, man. Yeah, yes, and that's exactly what it is. That's the Hollywood breathing. That oh, really? Hollywood breathing. <laughs> <laughs> that looks nothing like. Yes. Oh, really? oh, right. yes. well, that my bubble. Yeah, and it's becoming more. Um, well, that that type of breathing is becoming more uncommon, as well right. as you know the um, counted assisted pushing, yeah. and also purple pushing is what they call. So yeah, yeah so there's a lot of changes. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's not. Mm. No, but if it works for the woman, <laughs> it's then it's more like she boom, should boom, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's more like ah, <laughs> Watch, I'm not getting pregnant anymore. <laughs> no, it's uh, so. I had a question. What's a, a doula? All right, getting into the good stuff <laughs> from here. Okay, so um, a doula is so. What kind of spawned that was? Um, if I can kind of give you guys the background. Mm-hmm. And before you do that, this is the first time we had uh, anyone bring notes, which was really cool. So <laughs> you can't see this, but I think you brought a Bible with you. <laughs> so yeah. I've never seen so many notes I in my life. A, I'm a total nerd. Wow. So that's just part of my... Just awesome. you and I just kind of show. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 that, that, that's absolutely awesome. And, and we're excited to, to see the Bible. Oh Pink Bible. Pink Bible. Did you feel it? No. Nice yeah, yeah. yeah it, looks, it looks pretty yeah, intense. Pretty. We'll definitely take in a picture and we're going to put it in the podcast notes. Yeah. So um, how the doula thing started was going back to Becky um, and that first little studio. So throughout some of our workouts, I identified these you know, characteristics in her that were so um, like a doula. And what a doula is, is, um, well, our purpose is to facilitate a safe and positive birth. And a lot of that is speaking to the strengths of the woman. Um, so from there, um, Becky ran with it. She was like, okay. Oh, I sure did. Oh, yeah. She ran with it. She's like, yeah, this is totally up my alley. So meanwhile, she was working on that. I'm doing maternal fit. It's been, it was like, how much time passed? Um, let's like see. Two? My baby now is 19 months this week. Yeah. So I was still pregnant when I started. I was probably about six months pregnant. Seven months pregnant. And that's, and that's a what are your doulas, right? Mm-hmm. What are your doulas? So I, maybe I'm just not getting it. What is a doula? Is that an acronym? You got to follow is, Instagram, man. Come on, get on it. For someone that doesn't know okay. what a doula yes, yes, is, yes, all those people listening that don't know. Okay, so a doula is literally a woman who serves. And uh, we yeah. are women who have been trained in the physiology of uh, childbirth. And so we help uh, with emotional, physical, and educational support consistently throughout the entire labor, through the delivery for the woman, um, the laboring mother. And um, so what, what, we, what a doula does is we provide continuous support for the mother for prenatally. Um, we do postpartum, I mean, sorry, we do prenatal visits with them at their homes um, prior uh, where we give them the educational, uh, we find out what their fears are, um, how they tolerate pain. We also teach them um, about labor itself and what to expect. And then uh, we work with them and their husbands or partners um, on how we're going to work together as a team. And then we arrive at the birth and uh, we're there with them from beginning to end. 
So we're there from the time that they are at the hospital or even at their homes. We will be there, so we're continuous labor support. So whereas a husband, your wife is in labor. I thought that's what we were. No, I guess not, huh? Well, <laughs> the husband is a very, very unique role, as well as a doula. So let's say you hired me. Yeah. So I, we would meet together. We would become a team. So at that moment when your wife says, honey, I think my water broke. What do we do? What should I do? Should I go Call to the, the doula. Pa- <laughs> pa- <laughs> panic. Yeah, and you're going to say... Call Becky, call her, text her, see, find out what we should do. And in most cases, you know, the recommendation is to go to the hospital. I'm going to tell you, well, don't run there. I'm going to tell you, take a shower, get your wife something to eat, try to have her relax. Take a nap. (laughs) Take a nap, have her conserve energy, and don't panic. Don't panic. I you think know. I did everything backwards. Right. I panicked. Let's then go. I, then I slept. Then I ate. Right, because like most cases, <laughs> she drove when herself. the woman's yeah. water breaks, or like she says, honey, in the middle of the night, I think I'm in labor. Yeah. What does the guy usually do? He jumps up out of bed. It's like, <laughs> let's go now. Yeah. You know, they Call think the going to fly out of their vagina. <laughs> I mean, in Well, that's, this is all news to me, so. <laughs> yeah, so we're there for continuous support, not just for the woman, but for the, for the man as well. And okay. um, we, we give them tools, and um, we help guide you through this natural, normal process. It's not an emergency. It's Correct. a natural, normal process. Um, that It's just something that happens. So, so you say doula. I'm thinking when you explain that, that yeah. it's almost like a wedding planner. Or someone that's planning all the tasks yes. out. This is the next thing. This is the next thing. But that's forgiving. It's, it is. Forgiving. Yes, yes. And a lot of times, though, um, birth doesn't always happen as you plan it. Uh-huh. You, you know, we, we, help wi- we help guide women through um, putting together a birth plan. Um, and it's what they would like it to be like. But there are, we also prepare them for the for when things don't go right or things just go wrong or there is an emergency at that time. And so we're also there to tell them that it's okay. You know, you're going to get through this. You're not going to die. Your baby's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. And we don't leave their side. Yeah, it's, it's such a wedding planner right there, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Making sure that everything's okay. If anything comes yeah. up, you help. Oh, that's a doula. Do you guys are... Is that something similar to, or do you guys do something like the midwife? We're like the midwife's best friend. Okay. So we don't do anything medical. We don't, we don't take temperatures. We don't do vaginal exams. We don't do anything at all medical. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't even give medical advice. Okay. We're there more as an advocate um, for them, and we're not necessarily their voice directly, but we can speak through them and kind of give them cues like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Are you okay with this? Or we could ask the medical provider, can you please explain this procedure to her? She doesn't understand it. Mm -hmm. So that way she can make a a, a better decision at that point, especially when she's in that moment of like, well, what do I do? What do I do? Do do I take this? Do I take the Pitocin or not? Do I take the extra drugs or not? What should I do? I can't tell them what to do, but I can help guide them to find the um, evidence behind it and what what's the risk what's the benefit what happens if I don't do it Correct. and so forth and especially for like your first kid right like it's it's always um, like you're you're planning the worst or not planning the worst but Uncharted you think waters. the worst right yeah you're right mm-hmm. exactly put right 
because you, you know I, I, I'm speaking from experience like you don't know what to do you don't know what to expect and and you're right you know when they, hey it's, I think it's time to go right it's time to go you know you start freaking out so to have somebody guide you through that process walk you through it um, I think not just helping her relax but also like you said help the husband relax too because at that point now we're both informed we both know what to do so um yes and also you know keeping both the the partner and the woman in a yeah. relaxed mode and understanding that don't get into panic mode because that's just going to delay her labor yeah it's going to help it's going to tense her up and it's going to stop labor from progressing mm. and um you don't want that and you want it to be a memorable experience not oh my gosh, he passed out, right? or I had to take care of him because, we you know. That, we hear that a lot. Jesse's in there with his yeah. hands open. Let's go, doc. Bring it on over. And even though the woman's in labor, the, the, the partner is also in labor as well. Emotionally, yeah. psychologically, he is. I see it in their faces a lot, and that's when I walk over and I kind of just like, hey, go grab yourself a coffee. I'll stay yeah. here with her. Nice. You know, I'll call you if anything, if any emergency arises, yeah. I'll get you, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm that person that's there for them. You know, a lot of times people, they want to have their mother or mother-in-law or a sister or somebody there, but they also can panic. They yeah. may not know what to do. Um, in, in one case, you know, I've had uh, fa another family member there and they ended up in a corner fidgeting going, you know, I can't explain this face, but she was just fidgeting and just like shaking her hands and shaking her head and going like, I don't know what to do. And then I, I, I then had to come over, turn her away from what was going on and said, you know, and, and walked her through breathing yeah. and said, it's okay. It's okay to see your, because it was her own daughter, yeah, you know. It's hard yeah. to see somebody you love in distress. Right. And I tell her, it's okay. This is okay. She's safe. She's here. She's surrounded by love. She's surrounded by, you know, medical professionals. Yeah. We're here for her, and, and the baby's going to be here, you know. And then she's like, okay, okay. You know, I walked her through some breathing. I had her sit down. I had her do some rhythmic tapping to kind of, like, just completely calm her. And then she was like, okay. She got back into the game, and she was there. Now, wow. do you get any pushback from, like, the medical profession when you're there and people are saying, um, oh. I've been told... From um, I've been because some some of my clients will ask me to go to doctor's appointments with them if they're having some anxieties or fears of uh, you know pushback from their doctor telling them maybe they can't have a VBAC which is a vaginal birth after cesarean um, things like that um, so I'll go with them on their visits and I actually had a doctor well one doctor's assistant go what's a doula. And then, so the doctors, yeah. In he that better voice, listen to this podcast then, right? <laughs> I'm sure he is. Next time, tell me. What's a doula? She said it so just without, and I'm, I said, well, let me tell you. And, you know, I did a quick description for her. Um, and then he says, but you know, and he looks towards her and he says, doulas are not necessary. They're not necessary. And, and then, thankfully, my client spoke up and said, yes, they are. I don't have a mother. My mother is deceased. I have nobody. I have no female support in my life. That's why I need a doula. That's why I need somebody to support me. Yeah. And he felt so bad after that. He apologized because wow. then he realized because it's such an emotional thing mm -hmm. for a woman to go through that at that point. And um, yeah, so. Is this something new? Like uh, No, not at okay. all. No, no. It's been Doulas, around for a long time. Well, if you think, okay, think back, back when we didn't have hospitals mm -hmm. um, and 
medieval, think of medieval times or, you know, back in the old country before America even existed, or even the tribes here, Indians, there was always that one woman in that, that tribe or in that neighborhood or, you know, in that area that knew how to deliver babies. And it was mm -hmm. passed down from generation to generation. She was that tribal midwife. And that midwife then would also teach other women in the tribe to help and assist. Mm -hmm. And the other women also knew how to take care of the woman and also do comfort measures, which is something that we practice as well. Yeah. Um, they would do aromatherapy. They would give them different herbs and things to get through the labor. And they all birthed just fine. But they were always surrounded by women. The men go over here. Hunt, all the women. Hunt and gather. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes Drink a village yeah. to, to do this. Yeah, exactly. So it, they were always surrounded by women supporting other women, and that's what a doula does. Nice. Um, so they've been around a, lot, a long time before, um, you know, hospitals. We've been around. Were, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, but it's not been um, very common in our culture or even in this area. There's, there are a lot of doulas. You'll find them more um, in, like, West L.A., Orange County. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to learn South yeah. Bay, yeah. But if you want to learn a little bit more for those people out there who want to find out a little bit more about the history of doulas and, and how it came about, Penny Simkin, uh, she is the founder of Dona International, and she has um, the backbone of how doulas really got into um, the work field, um, into the hospitals, and retraining people to bring it back into the birth world. Um, do you have to go through a certification or, or yes. a, a program? To, well, you do. I guess get I certified? I would recommend or? it, yes. Okay. It's a certification program. I myself went through Dona International. Um, I would highly recommend Dona International for anybody else in training. Yes, it was, good. It was a, an amazing experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, there are many, many certified bodies out there, but they've been around. The longest. I don't know if they're the longest, but I want to say that they're, yeah, they're one of the, the veterans. The more respected, or no? Of course, I think there so. Yeah. So, so let me go off topic really quick. Okay? Sure. Okay. Let's so, do this. So since you brought it up, this the natural uh -oh. births years uh -oh. ago, have <laughs> you guys seen that YouTube video where the lady in the jungle gives a natural birth in warm water? I haven't seen that one All specifically. Right. Should we pull it up? We're gonna put it on the show. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's a it's a thirty, and that that's been the only. Well, obviously, only I don't have any children, but the only video I've seen of a woman giving birth. And well, it was, I've seen quite a few. I mean, it, I may it, have. It I, is I like a forty-five. Here, what shocked you, man? Was it that they, well, they were in the jungle, or that there were no? In it, was, water, or? it was. It was. You talked about the midwife coming and the husband, and you know doing things and so forth. The wife's giving birth and the kids are playing in the background. The yeah. husband's talking to his friend and she is in like a pond giving birth by herself. Yes. And it's the gnarliest thing ever. <laughs> yes. it, it'll definitely be in the show notes because you watch that thing and you are just like, like I think it's called Amazon Woman Gives Birth in uh, in a stream. In yeah. a stream. Okay. Oh, it is gnarly. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. Remo, so, Remo, what kind of videos are you watching? No, no, I don't know. You, you, I click something on YouTube and uh -huh. then boom, 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 and here we are watching a woman give birth. Did you watch the whole thing? I, I swear, I, it was like forty-five he minutes, did. and I was he like did. fifteen yeah. minutes into it, and I'm like, "Is she really gonna give birth? Is she really? Gonna, is it really gonna come out?" Did you and watch everything? Let's skip no, to I, I, I let's kind skip of it towards the end. Oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> Anyways, it was, so when you say that, where the husbands go away, in that video, you see kids playing in the background like nothing is happening. So it is such a natural thing. Right. But uh, obviously, if you haven't gone through it, it's the scariest thing in, in the world. And Now, it still does happen that way in a sense with home birthing. Home birthing is normal. It happens all over our city, Whittier. Um, we have Simona here in Whittier. She's a midwife that does attend home births. She also has a natural birthing center here in Whittier. Um, mm. And uh, there's a lot of other midwives that do attend births out here in this area, and they have babies at home. So what, what is the benefit, let's say, of, of going to a hospital versus to a midwife? Well, home birth... You Convenience, my friend. Convenient. Okay, well, I mean... <laughs> it is. You, you stay home, watch TV. I mean, for my first kid, I'm going to a hospital. <laughs> This lady could be like the, well, the it really one. Well, it is convenience um, because you don't have to leave your home. You're in the comfort of your own home. If you're hungry, you have your own kitchen. You know what's there. You don't have crappy hospital food or, or be told that you can't have food yeah. and only ice chips. And um, yes, depending. But to have a home birth, you definitely have to be a healthy uh, woman. You have non risk. To, non not high, high risk. risk. You have yeah. to be very low risk and uh, within their uh, criteria to have a baby at home or in a birthing center. Um, a high risk will definitely need to be done at a hospital with, uh, you know, the proper, what who, are you going to say? Who cleans up after? <laughs> That's my concern. Well, they prepare them by telling them what to have in the home. If they decide to have a water birth, if their bathtub is big enough, they do. That, oh, so it's the same thing on, on the video. Or they would get, they, they get a birthing tub. They could, a lot of, I think. A pool? People use Yes, they pools. use baby pools. What, what's the purpose behind the whole watering Relaxation. Was it? And it also helps the woman because during labor there's a lot of back pain and then okay buoyancy buoyancy yes buoyancy most definitely so it, being buoyant you if you have a lot of pain you get into a jacuzzi or a spa and you feel what relaxed yeah comfortable it's the same thing hmm. mm -hmm, ideally mm -hmm. i'm gonna lug that thing up the stairs <laughs> <laughs> the top, like, all right Keep all the mess in there. Yeah, but as far as like the mess, yeah. Uh, at a home birth, doulas do a little bit more messy work. Like as far as cleaning up, there's a little bit more house chores to do when you're there at a home birth versus at a hospital birth where they do all the cleanup, as That's you call That it. is gangster. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to remember that the anatomy of childbirth hasn't changed. Like the uterus contracts, right. cervix opens, baby comes out, but it's just... Um, our culture has made it so much of like a fearful and anxiety kind of yeah. thing. Like, obviously, a traumatic birth cells on like ratings. Oh yeah, know? Hollywood so, shows traumatic births on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. So that YouTube video has like a bazillion views on it. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it went viral. It went viral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's scary, man. Scary. It doesn't have to be home. scary. No, no, I'm saying for home. Higher I, I, I mean, I've gone through two, so for me, it's. <laughs> You know, we'll help you breathe. Yeah, it's it's funny you, you said because for, for my first kid, mm -hmm. um, you're right. Like I was, um, I was feeling a little lightheaded, and then, you know, like like man, I think I need to sit. But then I was trying to be tough. I'm like, hey, mom, you, you need a chair? Here's a chair. You know, take a chair. You know, I'm holding on to the back of it. I'm like, I think I can do this. I did. <laughs> but then once once you see the kid, it's like it's just the rush of. Uh, Endorphins. Is endorphins. Mm -hmm. It's endorphins. Exactly. It's like, man, like I felt like Superman, you know? So uh, let's and do this again. And if you felt that, imagine, <laughs> imagine your wife. Like, yeah. childbirth is the one highest uh, place where you can experience the most oxytocin in your life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
mm-hmm. which is why natural birth, I mean, I had a natural birth, yeah. so um, I think I was able to really tune into that as opposed to, it's a little bit more difficult. It's possible, but it's a little bit more difficult if you have the anesthesia. But um, yeah, it's... You know, talking about anesthesia, so so um, so my wife decided to go, sorry, honey, you're listening, but um, <laughs> she decided to go, uh, I guess, the natural route, natural. right? And uh, and through the whole process, she had a long, a long uh, labor. I mean, it, it, we were there for a long time, and and uh, every, everybody that walked in, all the females, like, why, why, why did you decide to do natural? Like, we would give you the epidural. Epidural. Yeah. And they said, Nah, we can prepare you. And she's like, No, 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 I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And like, when they finally hit her, like, you know, ready to deliver, it wasn't a quick delivery. It also took a while. And she's like, oh, my God, I should have taken that, that you know, epidural and this and that. And I think at one point she asked for it, and they're like, sorry, late. you're late. <laughs> and it's like, and at that point she's kind of like, you know, angry and just kind of like, man, what am I doing, this and that. And, and uh, but This is fun- all your fault. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But the funny thing is that our, our second one, same thing, you know, just kind of went through the same process. So that one's a little quicker, but, but um, uh, even after the second one, it was it was the same thing of like, like, for her, it was a satisfaction of being able to give birth in a natural way, and so obviously I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man. I don't know what that means, but or well, what you're going through, yeah. but but I could see that, you know. And there's so. so many benefits to having a unmedicated birth. Um, the baby's Apgar scores will be higher. The um, what does that mean? But yeah, what does that mean? The wet scores. So what APGAR score really is, it's, it's a way that they are able to score their physical condition of a newborn right when they are born. But a high APGAR score is wonderful. Okay. So what is it? Like that's the, a score that well, newborns are kind right, of rated like on? Like their or? responses. So if they're more alert, it's brain function, um, you know, it's their alertness. So the other benefits too is that, so they will breastfeed much easier. Their mother's milk will come in quicker as well. Um, Breastfeeding just helps. It also um, will help with postpartum uh, recovery phase. They recover faster from postpartum. and that's really it. I mean, they're gonna have—they're gonna have more of a connection with their child because they didn't have any of the um, medication that's going to block out any of the natural hormones from releasing. So, like when you get an epidural, you're blocking all the sensations that are happening. Um, and then also, if you're given pitocin as well, you're right. So, um, a lot of people believe that once there's a medical intervention to begin with, that subsequently there might be more intervention. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is why, like in, in my case, th- not in my personal case, but in listening to a lot of the moms, they're nearing the 40 weeks and their doctors tell them, oh, your baby's way too big. Um, I don't know if you can do a natural birth. And a lot of, it's a lot of the girls' first babies. So because that fear is already instilled in them, they'll tell them, we're going to have to induce you, which means that they're going to give them artificial oxytocin, and oxytocin is what makes the uterus contract to progress labor. So when they do the artificial oxytocin, the pains of that type of labor are far more intense. Intense. Wow. Then so the contractions are peak higher, and they're longer but closer together. So yeah. So whereas you where you would get rest 
in between contractions with the with the normal, um, I don't want to say normal, unmedicated process, then um, with the with the artificial, you have almost no resting time. So what that is going to lead to is the next medical intervention, which is the epidural. And then from then on, if you have things that um, inhibit the natural process, that might make the labor longer. And once the labor becomes longer, then you have your doctor saying, well, if you don't uh, dilate within these many minutes, then you're going to yeah, have yeah. to have a C-section. Yeah. And then that leads to you know, more fear and anxiety. More fear and anxiety. And the more fear and anxiety that a woman has, obviously, in childbirth, when you're in such... Close up. Yes, you close up. And then you end up with the little happy face underneath your belly button, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that happy face. Yeah. It, it's... Uh, <clears throat> I say that because, jokingly, because that's what they told my wife. They said, if you don't, you know, certain time, you know, you're going to end up with a happy face underneath your belly <laughs> It's really charming, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, really? That's an but, interesting way to put it. But it's... Uh, it's um, um, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that like um, uh, now with like medical plans and insurance and kind of like the risk of hospitals essentially being sued for for malpractice, that for them the like the first go-to route is always a C-section because it's the quickest, cleanest, kind of uh, more more uh, controlled, I guess, uh, And at birth. that point, it becomes surgical, so yeah. it's more... Well, and also, yeah, the hospitals do make more money at that point yeah. as well. Um, but it may be cleaner and more convenient for them because they're scheduling and they know when no, they're going to get in yeah. there and get in and out and they can, they can just go on instead of um, waiting for the woman to progress yeah. and just giving her a little bit more time to have her birth. Um, but a cesarean birth is not by any means safer yeah. at all. Um, it actually puts her at higher risk for infection, um, and her recovery phase is longer. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just puts a whole stop to the whole natural process um, yeah. altogether. So if you get a C-section, can you come back and train right away in a couple uh, weeks? That's or automatically at least eight, eight weeks. Eight weeks, okay. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, Bef before that, I wouldn't advise to come back because you you just have to make sure that your doctor clears you yeah. and checks your wounds and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, do you find that women that, you know, obviously come here or just do training on their own right. while, they're, while they're pregnant, do they, is it cause for an easier delivery or does it cause for a quicker recovery time? Um, definitely, I've seen both. The only times, the only few times that I didn't see that was was how I mentioned how the doctors told them, you're gonna need a C-section. Um, then their babies were born and guess what? They weren't that big. So then, you know, they have their own healing process physically, but also yeah. mentally. Yeah, yeah. And just like to think like, wow, I could have really tried this if I trusted my body. Mm -hmm. But at that point, that's where a doula can come in and normalize the process. like. What I always say is that we grow babies that we can birth. I'm, sh you know, there's physically, physically. Yeah. So, um, I mean, doctors are obviously trained, but for for a woman to be able to trust that she can do it, I think um, that has that's the only time that I've seen them not come back swiftly and really ready to recover. Uh, a lot of the girls that come back their moms help them, you know, initially in the first weeks or 
and their mom say like how did you just have a baby like look at you right yeah, now yeah. fitting into your pre-pregnancy clothes like yeah. in three weeks or the, you know one of the first clients that I had to come back she was so excited that she fit into her pre-pregnancy clothes five and a half months now it's happening like after a few weeks so for, for me <laughs> it's just this I mean overall they're yeah. feeling so much more energetic and and ready and that's why it kind of goes back to like the 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 more maternal wellness that is going on, which is why we are working a lot to bring in so many other resources. Yes, we do the fitness and the nutrition component, but besides that, there needs to be so much more to be able to um, facilitate overall. So tell us, one of the things that we talked about earlier this, is uh, this tribe that you ladies are, are building, and it's, it's after giving birth, right? And, and so if you wanna share maybe a little bit about that. Well, Postpartum Tribe um, started um, as a vision of my own um, probably about 10 years ago just as a working mom. I have three kids, by the way, so and they're much older. I just had a baby eight years later. The random one. <laughs> so I got to go through the whole, um, the whole pregnancy and postpartum phase again, and it reminded me of some old thoughts that I had about um, when I had my first two children that... I really wish there was a place that I can come and talk to other women that are going through the same things. Um, the feeling of separation, having to go back to work, um, feeling like you're not a good enough mother because of it, and looking back, realizing I had postpartum depression then and it was never addressed. Yeah. Um, so now, fast forward, I am now a doula, I'm a new mom as well. I said, you know what, I'm going to put this into reality. Um, a friend of mine, Annie, she, uh, we, she partnered with me, and we put together My Postpartum Tribe. So My Postpartum Tribe is a mom-to-mom -mom support, and we invite women to come. Their only qualification is that they're a mother. They don't have to have birthed their own child. They could be adopted. It could be um, from IVF, any way that they've become a mother. Um, to come in and there's no expectations to perform. The only thing that we do is um, hold a safe space for them to come and talk about their postpartum journey all the way up into, I mean, we have moms with high schoolers that come in and um, share about their motherhood experiences and they help each other. Um, we've had some women that are very severely depressed that come in and the other, there's these other women that are like, on a high and yeah. they're just like so happy <laughs> and they just embrace these other women and tell them it's okay you can get through this and we're here for you um or i'll relieve you i'll go to your house and you can yes. go run and take a shower yes <laughs> and we've had moms that have actually connected with each other one going through a really rough time and the other one was like hey look you need to come to my house let me take care of you and she did and they're now like best friends and it's like so nice. I like cried when I started seeing them. They posted on their own Instagrams and I'm like, wow, they connected and that was because of our group. And yeah. it was so wonderful bringing like total strangers together and helping one another. Um, and we do play dates, um, we do park dates. Um, we recently did our first fundraiser. Um, yay, I know. <laughs> we had our first fundraiser here in Uptown Whittier. And um, we decided to do fundraising so that way we can, we're currently putting together a plan as to what we're gonna use the funds for. And the funds are gonna be for moms who come in who are 
um, who maybe can't afford to go and see somebody for therapy. Um, maybe their health insurance has a really high copay or deductible. Um, they can't afford it, so we can help partner with them and give them part of the money. If they are in need of a postpartum doula, there's such a thing. That's a whole other topic. The postpartum doula to come to their house and help them with the baby and baby care and um, help alleviate some of those uh, fears and anxieties in the home. Um, also for breastfeeding support, a lot of women have set out to go and breastfeed. Like that's their goal. Yeah. And then when they get to it, they're like this whole like beautiful thing that they show these beautiful pictures of moms breastfeeding their babies right <laughs> away. It doesn't feel beautiful. It's not working. The baby's not latching. She's crying. She's losing weight. What do I do? They panic and they're like, here, give her a bottle then. Um, so, and then they feel crushed because they weren't able to breastfeed. So we're trying to put some funds together to get them an IBCLC to come out and see them and help them one-on-one -on -one to help them get through that part. Um, and even house cleaning. House cleaning, uh, we want to offer house cleaning services to moms who are, if that's their anxiety, that their house is like so, like, just blown up, like crazy messy, and like their husbands don't, you know, necessarily see it as a problem, but as a woman going through postpartum, they are, it, it really bothers them. Yeah, and so yeah. maybe get them some house cleaning services. So those Very are all cool. some things that we want to offer. Um, hopefully we're going to do like monthly fundraising. And you guys will see more of that on our uh, my postpartum tribe Instagram. Nice, yeah. I follow I follow you on mm -hmm. the Maternity Fit. I follow. I think it's you, right? And your whole Whittier doula, doulas Whittier doula. and my postpartum tribe and postpartum tribe. And I recently saw you guys did um, uh, what's it called the uh, the breastfeeding um events. Um, that oh, where you guys nip went and sip. Nip and sip. Get it? Yeah. Nip, nip and, and sip. <laughs> yes. We I whip out the what nips and we let the baby sip. <laughs> <laughs> nip, nip is uh, <laughs> nursing in public. Uh -huh. Nursing in public. NIP, nurse in public. They did a... <laughs> we're all about... Yeah, we're all nipple. about yeah. the... Um, hey, that's what is she's that, getting, that like yeah. a double meaning? Yeah. Yeah. We're lactivists. Lactivists, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I saw you guys did one uh, recently here. Now that's at another Lyft, mama. Yeah, Lyft that's another shop. mama that was empowered here. Yeah, she through. was one of my clients. Oh, okay. Too. Yes, yes, yes. She really wanted to um, do more on. The, she she got very empowered by her breastfeeding journey, and um, she really wanted to do something. And um, she really loves lattes and coffee, <laughs> and she put the two together and decided to right. do a nursing in public. So what she does is she's been holding meetups at Lyft Uptown, yeah. and um, she just helps women kind of overcome that fear of not having to use the cover and ways to feed the baby without the nip slip. Okay, the nipple just like popping out yeah. and saying hi to everybody. <laughs> so there's different things that she teaches them on, like wardrobe style, like what yeah. to wear, how to still look cute, how to feed the baby without like making it totally obvious and putting a big old cover on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just getting over the anxiety because that is um, tough for a new mom. Yeah. You know, at home she may be sitting around walking around topless, like, yeah, hey, yeah. got my boobs out and I'm yeah. going to feed the baby. But then once she, it's time to go out, she's like, I can't go anywhere. How am I going to yeah. do it? Yeah. It's so scary. I need my boppy or like yeah. I need to like pack all this equipment with me. Yeah, so yeah. she really helps them to um, overcome those anxieties. Yeah. I remember all that good stuff. We had a separate luggage, a separate cargo <laughs> piece to lug all that a, stuff A around. trailer onto the, yeah. to the tundra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hitch that. Come on. Um, no, that's awesome. It's... Um, it's uh it's great that you guys are doing all this stuff so
So if, if you're not using the room in the back, right? <laughs> just kidding. With the room in the back. But uh, as far as women that are maybe having a little bit of difficulty, maybe uh, becoming pregnant, is there things that, there are support groups or things that here that someone can come to? Actually, there is. Um, another woman who is empowered to start a support group for moms who are um, suffering with infertility and multiple miscarriages, um, they need a place to come to, and she decided to create a safe space for them, for them to come in and talk about um, what happens emotionally to those women who are struggling, and um, she shares her journey. She has a baby through IVF uh, in vitro fertilization, and um, it took her many years to get pregnant and lots and lots of doctor visits and many, many, many disappointments. Um, with miscarriages, uh, and uh, but she is such a positive voice for the women, and um, her group is growing as well. Yes, and her baby had a, a shirt or a little onesie last time that said "Made with Love," and I was like, "This is so cute!" But then she picked her up out of her little carrier thing, and it said "Made with Love and Science." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Creative yes. Right. And her group is called "Don't Call Me Infertile," and she has an Instagram and a Facebook, and um, she is. Amazing. That's all I have nice. to say. Mm -hmm. Kim is amazing. So, so going back to your studio here, I mean, you're aside from being a studio, a fit, a fitness studio, it it almost becomes a community um, space, right? Community platform or community forum mm -hmm. to be able to bring bring all these uh, support groups, right, or support supportive women to participate in this process, which is called birth, right, mm -hmm. or Pregnancy. Motherhood, motherhood, motherhood in general. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I guess where where did that come from? Um, well, here let me start off. What, what were you doing before that kind of sparked the idea of like I need to create this space? Okay, so um, prior to me starting Maternafit, I actually worked for local government. Um, I went to uh, college for that, and you know it was it was great but it wasn't satisfying, mm -hmm. especially after I had my daughter. It was really hard for me to leave her in the care of someone else for me to do a job that I wasn't passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I told myself I would rather create something and you know, make that happen as opposed to being in an environment where it was it literally, it was really stifling. So um, prior to me thinking about the idea of Maternal Fit, which happened in about May of 2014, I had done some really deep introspection and like, okay, what is my passion? What do I really love? And it was um, motherhood and fitness. So it was a natural thing for me to want to pursue. I wanted to leave and quit my job ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> But I realized that that wasn't necessarily the best idea. So I was, uh, a year later is when I left, so May 2015. And how this became more of a community place was just the women coming in here. Everybody has a story. That's right. So, um, so it's a very intimate thing to have one-on-one uh, -on -one time with somebody. Mm -hmm. And... Or just like with Becky, I, I saw these strengths in her that she is going to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, like, hey, have, do you know what a doula is? I think you'd be great. So she took an, and ran, ran with that. Um, Crystal, from um, she's on Instagram, the pumping pinup. And it was, <laughs> she's so cute. I love cute. these creative names. Yes. <laughs> Wait, say it again. What is the, the pump? pumping? The pumping pinup. Milk. 
Oh, I thought it was a pinup doll or something. Well, that's her style. Yeah, and she used to do modeling, vintage modeling. Yeah, she she was she's really active in uptown Mm -hmm. and the. So um, she was here. We were doing one-on-one sessions, and and she was telling me like, you know, um, I really want to do something to empower women with with breastfeeding. So then that kind of led into you really need to do this. So it it was or it is a thing where I try to plant seeds but not necessarily tell them like you need to do this and then it becomes a co-created space so if anybody comes to me with this desire of like I want to help moms through whatever it is it's their experience and now they have the heart for it so they have the heart to create and to put in the work that it's going to take to um, bring that to fruition and so yeah um it's become a resource center and that's our goal so um just like we've been touching upon is like we it's a resource center for women struggling with fertility or seeking breastfeeding help uh, baby wearing tips the mom-to-mom non-judgmental advice that's really key um postpartum health the obviously the prenatal fitness and the nutrition uh, birth preparation. We, now we have parenting workshops. Um, we just recently had one with uh, our friend uh, Strength is Within. Mm-hmm. She did a conscientious parenting workshop, which we had great reviews about, and people are really looking forward to the next one. Um, mental health and mindfulness, our doula services, hosting events for moms, feel good events with another um, woman who's working with us. Uh, her Instagram is Pardon Me Mama. And just mm-hmm. overall create, you know, these yeah, so yeah. creative, right? Oh, yeah. So um, just creating and maintaining uh, a safe and sacred space for people to feel like they can journey authentically. Again, you're creating a community, a supportive community, right? Um, obviously, it's all women. Mm-hmm. It's all moms, essentially. Um, where does where does the dad come in, like? Cause I, I'm reading your chalkboard over there, and and I love that you have all these little what do you call them, ide- not myths. ideas, motherhood myths. There you go. It says it right there, motherhood <laughs> myths. Um, where it says your baby needs a mom and a dad. So how do, how does that play into um, uh, again? You're creating a space for women, but how does that tie into the dad or or, or the male in this relationship? Like, is there is there something that you guys do to kind of try to tie that in, or, or, or is that kind of in the f- near future? That <laughs> phrase right there was something that um, each one of those things that are written there, um, we had a postpartum tribe meeting, and our topic was with motherhood myths. Okay. So we talked about different things that we were told by family members or others mm-hmm. that we then discovered was not true. Or it could have harmed us in a way in our uh, care of our child as well. Oh. Like, and that so was a very person, personal one. It was a very personal one for each one, each mom. There was more up here, but we've kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Each mom was empowered to come over and write down something that they were told um, that they discovered was a myth for them. And that person wrote, "Your baby needs a mom and a dad." Oh, and so it's a. <clears throat> this was so, a particular person who wrote this. Somebody. So that's somebody who's saying that you don't need the mom and the dad. Yes. Yeah, so this is a single mom. Yeah. And um, she actually um, 
wasn't going to keep her baby in the beginning, and she decided not to abort her child. Mm -hmm. And the other partner is not involved in her life or the child's life, mm -hmm. and um, she's very young. And so she was told that your baby needs a mom and a dad because yeah. that person is now no longer in the picture. But right. she's now proven the odds, you know, she's against the odds now. Correct, she's correct. like, I can have a baby and my yeah. baby's gonna be fine. I can raise this child. Yeah. So she was empowered by that and it was a myth for her. So you're telling me one of the myths that I'm reading right now. What is it? Men don't change diapers. That's a myth? <laughs> That's a myth. <laughs> I think that should be a fact. Every man that comes in here will see that and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like yeah. changing my own diaper. Oh. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's funny because it's funny you say that because, uh, um, again, I have two kids, boy and a girl. Um, with my boy, I'm, it was no issues. I, I mean, I could wipe them yeah. and clean them. And with my daughter, it was totally opposite. Like, like even to this day, actually, it's more of a, it's, I don't know if it's because it's a Who's female first, thing. Who's first, the boy or the girl? Uh, my boy. Okay. And so... Um, I don't know if it's because I see her like being so delicate and, you know. You're more know. careful. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. I remember when her diaper was dirty and I'm like, I'd call mom, hey, uh, can you come over here for a minute? And she stepped into a room and I jet out the room and oh. <laughs> call the doula. No. <laughs> you can hire a postpartum doula. She will help you with that. But she will also in try to encourage you to, to change do, the diaper. And she'll right show you how to do it properly. Yeah. Fire the doula. <laughs> going, back, going back to your question, though, um, we are barely touching the surface with the dad being part of um, this whole process. Nice. So the most men that we've had in here has been through our parenting workshop. Okay. And that was, we actually had um, a expectant dad. So his wife was pregnant and they were just doing all the work that they really wanted. It's really nice to see them wanting to be so prepared. Yeah. And then another dad that has young children. Another time where there's men in here is with um, our Whittier Doula birth comfort measures. So that's another time where they're able to come in and step in and we give them the tools yeah. to prepare for the labor. And they'll do, it's like a live action, mm -hmm. participative live action. thing. Yeah. So yeah, we're getting there and um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very hands-on. Yes, yeah, very hands-on, and we're just at, in the beginning, so we look forward to a lot of growth with that. So do you guys have any scheduled events or anything coming up that all the people listening can uh, know about and hopefully attend? Uh, we will be having the um, comfort measures the first Saturday of every month, starting next month. Um, sorry, yeah, in, in June. So from June and thereafter, we'll be having uh, the labor comfort measures and also we have the postpartum tribe. Yes, next week on the 9th at Cielo Beauty Bar. Marissa, she is still supporting us and helping out. And so that is at 7 p.m. Is that once a month? That's is once it a, a month. Once a month. So my postpartum tribe meets in the evenings for working moms, and it's without children. So if you need some adult time to talk to other adults, so not mommy toddlers. time, right? Yeah. Yes, and uh, so that's when the moms run out. And, like, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Is that where there's bottles of wine and <laughs> no wine necessarily? Maybe after kidding. if they like to. But um, they do meet there at Cielo Beauty Bar on the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. And then we have a morning meeting at here at MaternaFit on the last Thursday of each month at 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. That's our next, uh, those are, are always consistent. Yes, and in the fall, we will be putting together a maternal wellness fair. There are so many resources in the community here locally in Whittier. 
um, that offer, whether it's prenatal care through chiropractic or acupuncture or um, a lot of licensed uh, clinical family care, social workers and um, pediatricians, just so many people that can contribute to the environment, to the community. So we want to have, to bring our community that we're co-creating and connecting them with the resources. Yeah. And then hopefully offer things where they're able to have it more accessible. So we're talking about like panelists and just a, a pretty a pretty good... Um, it's going to be the bomb. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Yeah, it's going to be the... <laughs> going to be the shiznits, okay? <laughs> Let's just say that. The mother, yeah, the of, mother all of all events. Wellness there. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, some of these things happen in other communities, but not here in Whittier. So why not? Because our community is rich. Well, now you see here in Whittier, what, what brought you to Whittier? What brought me why to Whittier? Whittier? Um, well, I was doing a lot of research on... Um, the Natural Birthing Center is up the street here on Colima. Okay. So that was one. Uh, when I started, there was a um, natural cloth diaper retail store up the street and um, PIH. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that was the perfect community to be able to cater to the demographic that I was looking for. Not only that, but now... Um, Remo, I don't know if you can speak to this, but a lot of new families, they buy houses in Whittier. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect place to start your family. Um, so I've, so many of the women that come here live within like a five mile radius so of this. Kind of I would by. say like 90%. So Remo, with that, with what you just said, Remo's gonna start a new Instagram account called Mama Needs a New House. Call Remo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No. I mean, Mama needs more room because yeah. yeah. we're adding another baby. Call Remo. You know, you said Call something Rima. that just completely stuck with me, Anna. And the, you said natural cloth diapers. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. do you throw those in the regular washer? Yeah. With I the regular wash, clothes? I think you I wash by hand, don't you? I cloth diaper. I don't cloth diaper full time anymore, but I cloth diapered for nine months full time. Yes. It saved me a lot of money, and it's easier than you think. Really? I, don't know. I got I, stuck there. I know you said something about houses, yes. but I, in my mind, I'm thinking well, they still have people wash that. There's still diaper services out there, but I was being cheap. Uh -huh. I didn't want to pay for it. And so I spent about $200. I spent about $200 on my, on my stash of diapers, and I learned how to wash them and dry them. I have a line wow. in my backyard where I dry them. I yeah, there's a whole process. We won't get into that, but yeah. yes, it does happen, and it is. It's actually becoming more common. So many babies um, have sensitive skin, diaper rashes that they just can't get rid of. Um, some babies who are just allergic to some of the baby wipes. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the, the environmental impact. Yes, and yeah. in, in, in that too, there's a lot of moms who do it just for the environmental impact. So many, you know, because yeah. diapers take forever to biodegrade, decompose, yeah. decompose, yeah. So. You're awful. a legit doula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legit. You know I'm what? Legit. People call this like legit. crunchy, <laughs> crunchy moms. I still breastfeed. Yeah, so no, I have a lot of experience with all that stuff. Baby nice. wearing, diapering, breastfeeding. Yes. Last question. Yes. We're yet now. The, 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 essentially the, um, I don't want to say the position, but, but, but where you stand now with all this community involvement, or creating a community, is that what you envisioned when you first uh, started your business? 
because your, your original business was working out, uh, providing a workout space for pregnant women, right? Right. And now it's evolved to, like, <laughs> everything. No, I, I knew it was going to be greater than me. That's okay. all I knew. Um, I would always tell myself, I'm going to get through today, and this is what I'm going to do as far as working toward my goal, but I know that this is going to be way greater than me, and it's going to involve a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in retrospect, obviously, it, it became that, and I never could have envisioned what it is now, um, the people that I would meet, the stories that I would hear, and um, so, yes, I, there's. it was not my original intention, but I was aware of it. So if you had to give somebody, a person like yourself from three years ago, a piece of advice, what would you, what would you say? I would say to be authentic to whatever it is uh, that drives you. If it's something, you know, it's, it's kind of cliche that, I, that you hear. If there's something that doesn't leave your mind, that's probably something that you should pursue and um, take a risk calculated risk and and be informed about your decision making but whatever you do be the best at it and um build it and they will come perfect well i have one last question that was jesse's last question my last question was um regarding you know motherhood and when a woman obviously gives birth and there's we always ask this question about what's your favorite eatery or maybe bar so Mm -hmm. if if there is a place that is mother friendly where someone could breastfeed in public or, you know, stroller friendly, whatever it might be. Do you have places in Whittier that you say, hey, this is a place to go if you're a mom that, that you want to maybe can breastfeed in public? Well, what's cool, uh, I'll let Becky take over in a little bit, but um, we, they start, we started this thing and we call it Stroller Gang. Oh, so yes. I know if you guys know Alex yeah. from um, that has his store up the street. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to him during one of the young entre- uh, with your young entrepreneur events, and he's like, "Hey, are you maternity fit?" And I said, "Yeah," and he said, "I just I saw a bunch of moms like pushing strollers across like by my store, and I was like, yeah, that, those are the girls from the studio,' and he's like, "That's so cool." So yeah. from there, they were en route to we were en route to California Grill. We we took over their whole patio. Nice. It was like 20 of us with kids. Double strollers, single strollers, oh, yeah. baby carriers, you name it. Or there's it. one girl that has like a skateboard attached to the, <laughs> to stroller. the stroller. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. This yeah. is like the, really a stroller gang. They wear like leather jackets. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, on that topic, I could start a total Instagram just on that and like rip a lot of um, places in our community for not being um, family friendly, I should say, or mm-hmm. toddler friendly or, you know, because they don't have changing tables in their restrooms pet peeve of mine. But as far as breastfeeding in public, going places to breastfeed, um, you really could breastfeed anywhere. Um, you, you know, it, it beats having to make a bottle somewhere. You just whip it out and just feed the baby. Most cases, people don't even notice that you're breastfeeding yeah. if um, once you've gotten comfortable with it. So, but favorite places to go, Lyft Coffee is pretty fun because they have the couches in there and you can kind of lounge. Um, and then also, uh, just most recently, we started uh, Farmer's Market Fridays, first Fridays. Right. Yeah. So um, that's really Yeah, we really stro- cool. meet here at Metro So Stroller Gang is we go walking up there and um, Farmer's Market. Yeah, support. I mean, 
all the moms. It's kind of funny. Well, we get up there, business. we go get our um, our Asahi bowls from the Berry Bliss. Yeah, yeah. And then we just kind of walk around. Then we all end up having to nurse our kids. So we all stop. And one day we were all just kind of stopped and sitting on the <laughs> on that little ledge, that sidewalk area there. We're all just chilling right there with our kids. We're all nursing our kids. We're like, okay, the kids are fed. Let's go. And we all walk back. It was it was wonderful. How big is this uh, this gang? Oh, it can vary. It varies. It depends on who shows up. Kind of like our mommy and me hikes. Oh, that's another thing that we do, mommy and me hikes. Um, Next one will be May 21st. And, um, yeah, there's, it can range from, like, five. 25. Yes. Yeah, we've had as much as 25 yeah. moms, hence the stroller game. So can we ask a question? Where's your guys' go-to spot here in uh, Well, our in next Woody? go-to spot is your office, I think. We're going to have to go and oh, pay man. a visit. Right? I, don't, yeah. I don't think we fit. <laughs> is your capacity? <laughs> Three strollers. <laughs> we want to see that view. Yes, there's, yes. You're gonna have to make a line out, kind of like yeah. a club for you. But then again, the elevator isn't that big, so it's like you know. <laughs> we'll have to take turns. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do you get, do you guys have a go-to place? Like if you're if you're if you're having a drink or having a meal or 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 kind of getting together uh, with kids without kids, do you guys have a go-to spot here in Whittier? We we frequent different businesses. Yeah. I I mean, um, I like going to Crepes and Grapes. That's like my little go-to when I want some adult time and just sit down quiet kind of calm nice um business wise to meet with other women that want to create something collectively i go to um, la monarca okay um they're a cafe de la olla it's good huh yes yeah. so that's it fuels me and now they have or i think they've always had but the um the salad with the chicken and the the black beans and yeah so. <laughs> and it's stroller friendly. And it's, it's stroller big, friendly yeah, and it has free Wi-Fi. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you, or ladies, thank you for uh, for coming on. And uh, one last thing. Can we get your guys' uh, – how do they follow you guys on, on uh, social media? Um, so we have at Maternifit, M-A-T-E-R-N-I-F-I-T. And we have at Whittier Doulas. So W H I T T I E R D O U L A S. And we'll put that plural. And it's yeah. plural. Yes, right? it is plural because it's, there's it's both of us. There's two of us uh, here. Yes. Um, and then we're we, gonna grow. Yes, most definitely. And also um, my postpartum tribe, and that's all of our handles there. Perfect. Well, again, thank you, ladies, for coming on. Jesse, you ready to get a workout? <laughs> I'm ready to work out. You're ready to go have dinner. Oh, I prepared <laughs> a circuit for you guys. Oh, so. uh, well, I'll watch you, Jesse. This is <laughs> those two and a half pounders look a little intimidating. <laughs> is there a two and a half sandwich pound sandwich I'll help somewhere? You with your breathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's right, bye guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank bye. you.